Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Thursday morning. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here. Talk about Eagles, Cardinals. We will talk to the professor, Dane is, in a little bit about the playoff scenarios to watch this weekend. Some thoughts on the state of the team and maybe a little bit of a Jonathan Gannon discussion, but that's not what we're here for at the start of the show. Zach, how are you? Doing well. Excited for the show. Uh, get some last sleep show last night? It's... it's the last show of the year for well, the post game show. Post game show on Sunday. Okay. No show tomorrow. Post game show on Sunday. That is that is December thirty first. Uh, did I get some sleep? Yeah, I, I wrote a story that you can find on allphly.com. Thanks to your help for that. Uh, it's on Jordan Mailata singing at very the very divisive House. story. <laughs> it's not that divisive. Uh, I'm just. I, I was, someone sent me very polarizing. Well, no, someone sent me a three letter expression that I had not heard before, and I googled it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what it means. <laughs> I know what the three-letter expression you're talking about, and it feels like for you to post that story and not know yeah. that that would be the response. Yeah, uh, I, I did not. Short-sighted on your part. I, perhaps I was being short-sighted. This is like, this is like the, the post-game pod that um, I had to explain to you that Jeff McClain also didn't know what Let's Go Brandon meant. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. Um you know what? I'm I'm okay with not knowing that either. Uh, but okay. um, in any event, uh, so I I posted that story. Went to bed around eleven o'clock. Was up at six. So yeah, eleven to six. It's pretty good. Not bad for you. Not bad yeah. for me at all. Okay. Uh, was was doing some prep work for the show this morning, and uh, for a potential story, uh, defense Eagles defensive coordinator related. I was doing some DeAndre Swift work. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable that DeAndre Swift is, you know, he he he's 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 going to reach a thousand yards, right? But he's like he's top ten in the NFL in all-purpose yards, and I would have expected it to be much more um, swayed toward receiving yards than it is. Uh, so I did not anticipate him being as effective of a, of a runner and like as infrequently used as a receiver as he's been this year. Um, so did some swift work, but yeah, I, I was looking up, uh, some Gannon stuff just for the purpose of the show and then for a potential article here. I also think like the, the swift stuff is interesting because, you know, he had, he had 92 yards against the giants, which was the most, the only time he's topped 90 since week three. So it's like that, that two weeks in the beginning of the season are really carrying like the the volume statistics yeah. and like that's a big part of the reason he's going to top a thousand yards and he stayed healthy for the most part although the eagles didn't use him in, in week one which remains one of the like odd mysteries of this season why all of us watched training camp saw the running back situation and then the eagles took them like to week two and then they're like oh oh oh, oh this is what it should be so uh, yeah i mean the, the middle of the season he was he was not doing much at all. Yeah, they weren't running, running or receiving. Sure. 
Uh, so it was doing some Swift work, was doing some Gannon work, and excited for the show and to get and to, and to get into this Cardinals matchup. All right. Um, what else is on your mind over the next uh, forty eight hours from the Eagles facility that is going to be uh, on your radar? Yeah. So we had a good show yesterday with uh, Coach Flynn, but the injury report came out actually on the way home yesterday, uh, and the injury report uh, we can share is actually positive for the Eagles, where it's it's typically been especially when we're talking on Thursday about it, a crowded report. The Eagles only had one guy who would not have practiced had they had a full session, and that's Darius Slay, uh, recovering from that knee injury. Limited in practice, Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow. So both those guys are on the men. The Eagles could have their linebackers back, but there was uh, some satisfaction with the way Shaq Leonard looked. So I'm, I'm curious to see if there's a shift at all in playing time distribution. I mean, he should be on the field over Morrow for over sure. Morrow. And then, uh, well, something to keep in mind there, if that's the case, you may, you, you have to wonder, does Reed, Blank, does Reed Blankenship keep wearing the green dot? Uh, is Shaq Leonard ready for that green dot? My guess is not. He just came here. And so you probably stay to with To dot him. or not to dot? To dot or not to dot? Well, you, everyone dots. I mean, there's every team, every team has a green dot defensive player. You send the, the, the call. Yeah, in. I understand that. I'm talking yeah. about in relation to Shaq Leonard, the, the thing that you just yeah. talked about. Yeah, so I'm saying no. I would dot, in that case, Reed Blankenship. He's on the field every snap. Uh, and then full, particip- full participation in practice, and this is a good sign, Landon Dickerson and Avante Maddox. Uh, so Landon Dickerson looks like he'll be back, and Avante Maddox was a full participant last week. And my guess is he'll, he'll play this week. It certainly sounds that way. So the Eagles then have a roster move to make. And you have to wonder, is Albert O's time coming up? Is uh, is The Eagles did sign a practice squad tight end, so you yeah. think that might be the writing on the wall there. Is Rashad Penny's time coming up? Or do they just cut a linebacker because they don't you – know, do they just cut Van Sumer? <laughs> you know, because they don't care about that position. Yeah, so, or Moro. Yeah. So anyways, that is the uh, that's the latest from Novacare. Um, we will speak today to Brian Johnson and to Michael Clay, get some clarity on that punt return. What happened there? I just think it was a matter of they bumped into it. Coach Flynn said that's happened out there before. Uh, and then with Brian Johnson. Yeah. What would you like to hear from Brian Johnson today? What would I like to hear from Brian Johnson today? Uh, how much he hates Jonathan Gannon, I guess. Wow. Why do you think? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that he hates Jonathan <laughs> okay, Gannon, yeah. but I think that is no. the, the question that I want to ask you is what is the the sense in the locker room on, yeah. on the rematch with, with JG? Because the people in the chat are very fired up. About yeah. It. Look, the people in the chat and the fan base might not be happy to know this, although they probably know this because in that echo chamber, the players don't seem to have the membership to join. Um, so the echo chamber of, of like Jonathan Gannon's horrible. Everyone hates Jonathan Gannon. The, the players aren't really subscribing members to that, uh, to that echo chamber because actually inside the locker room, there was a lot of like defense of, of Jonathan Gannon. A lot of people saying they liked him. They liked playing for him. Um, they, yeah, he, he, he did well for them. Darius Slay kind of said it's, it's crazy to put the Super Bowl on, on Gannon, which I kind of agree with Slay on this one. Okay, uh, but I do not want to make this a big back and forth about Jonathan. Sure, Gannon. you do. That's I, why you brought it up. I, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I, we have done this so many times. I yeah. do not want to do this. But if you're gonna if you're gonna make this whole thing about the players in the locker room do not subscribe to this, you have to know as a reporter that they are not gonna they are not okay. gonna f- stoke that fire. And one of the players who did leave did put it on Jonathan Gannon when he left. So don't so, so just... Gardner Johnson is a reliable narrator. I'm just saying, okay. don't just take them at their word. Look, you know that that's part of the job. Look, uh, look. the easiest thing for me, the easiest thing for, for me to do to curry favor with the audience is to rip on Jonathan Gannon. The easiest thing for a defensive coordinator to do in this town is to talk like Buddy Ryan and the blitz like Jim Johnson. I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I think. Like, uh, it... Uh, Objectively, the the numbers suggest that they had a really good year on defense last year. A lot of these players had better years on defense last year than they have this year. They know that. We always say that, or I always say two things that players care more about anything else from a coach is 
Like, will he make me better so I can advance my career and get paid more? There are a lot of guys in that defense who got paid more last year. And and can he help me win? And they won last year. So You were also players over coaches? Absolutely. Their personnel was much better last year. Much better. Now, their, their, uh, their defensive line, I, I mean, we, we sat here saying Jalen Carter uh, is a— Yeah, I think we were wrong about that. It's comparable to, to Javon Hargrave, right? There's, there's, a, there's a lot of players whose numbers are not nearly as good this year as last year. Now, that's not because of Jonathan Gannon. I would say that's more has to do with game situation, opponents they're playing, not playing from ahead, right? Uh, but the reason why— Jonathan Gannon got a head coaching job last year, got interviews from around the league. And I'm not saying the league's coach hiring process is flawless and it doesn't always identify the best coaches. But two years in a row, multiple organizations brought this guy in and spoke to him because around the league, he's viewed as a good coach. Okay. In that locker room, he's viewed as a good coach. The exit was messy. It hurt the Eagles in, in, in terms of the timing. Now, this notion that the Eagles were blindsided by it, the Eagles literally said, we're renting Jonathan Gannon. They were prepared for a year. They weren't blindsided by They were blindsided by, by the timing. From, they thought he was coming back after the championship game. Yeah, yeah they were blindsided right, by They weren't blindsided by, by the possibility, which sure. is why they had Vic Fangio in the building. And then sure. they were blindsided by being told it's not going to happen and letting yeah. Fangio go. Yeah, I so mean. yeah, they were they were they were they were certainly blindsided by the timing of it um, and the mechanics of it. And the mechanic, well, uh, I mean this this notion that he was spending more time preparing for a head coaching job than preparing for. I he, agree with that. He he interviewed actually less with the Cardinals and Shane Steichen did with the with the with the Colts during that period of time. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, I but, agree that that. But it certainly yeah, it certainly hurt the Eagles in that. They could have been more proactive with Vic Fangio if, if they knew there was going to be an opening. I, I have no doubt about that. The the uh, the 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 order of operations should be in that case. Look, the Cardinals are interested here. Let's let's. Uh, I I just want to let you know so you can start planning because I might talk to them after the Super Bowl. This idea that another team calls you says, "Would you be interested in interviewing for the job?" And you're like, yeah, and you just file it away, and you don't think about it until then. Yeah, you should have mentioned something to Sirianni and Howie Roseman, no doubt about well, that. Yeah, and you know, I mean, no from, doubt about from, that. From everything that happened after that, we know that the Eagles felt some kind of way about it. I mean, there's a reason they 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 came to terms on draft pick yeah, compensation exactly. for the whole thing. Sure. So I'm I'm not getting into that part of it. I'm getting into the conversation about like I agree there that that was not handled well. Should have been handled better. Should have been handled. I think. Do we think that Nick also didn't love somebody brings up taking Nick Rallis? Uh, yeah, probably so. Which which seems kind of odd because Nick took Gannon right. and Jason Michael. Right. You know. Uh, so yeah, I actually, I actually, I actually don't think that Nick. Had, I mean, maybe if it was like they had a discussion about it and it, yeah. and it wasn't followed part, yeah. as part of their discussion, but in general, like, yeah, he's a he's allowed to take yeah. a guy. I would only be bothered by it if I were Nick if I had planned on hiring Nick Rallis as my defensive coordinator, uh, because in general, I am right. What bothers me about coaches sometimes is when they prevent people from advancing their careers. I agree. Right. So fundamentally, if you're a linebackers coach and you have a chance to become a defensive coordinator. It, no coach should ever hold you back from that ever. Uh, so the only way that I would be upset is if I had planned on promoting him and I don't, perhaps that was the case, but my understanding was it was kind of understood that Nick Rouse was always going to follow again. And right. he was kind of Gannon's guy, you know, he was, he was Gannon's guy. The mechanics of it was not handled well. And, and there I, are different, there are different schools of thought. Like I think, I think Andy Reed was like, the rule was you can't take anybody, you sure. can't poach anybody. Some people are like, you can take one person with yes. you. You know, so who knows yeah. what the, if, if there was an agreement, I remember actually asking Nick about this last year. Uh, yep, exactly. And he said he hadn't thought about it yet. Yeah. He hadn't thought about what his, what his game plan was. Yeah, it be. just seems like, cause he brought Gannon, Patuo, <laughs> Michael, Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, really Patuol yeah. was literally on the plane with him. Right. Part of the reason he got that job, I think, was uh, was because he, he was thought, promising Gannon. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was bringing Gannon. Now, now Gannon's contract was up, so Gannon said that had something to do with it. Um, but no, I, I mean, I'm I talk a lot about integrity. There's a certain integrity with with which uh, you know with which Gannon could have handled that situation, um, and I I don't I, I don't dismiss that. I'm talking more this notion that he was a, a bad defensive coordinator. 
I, I push back on because the Eagles would kill for a defense that's ranked number three in DVOA and has 70 sacks this year. Right. And then this idea that's this high. and this this argument that he feasted on 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 bad quarterbacks. Um, I, I looked this up. The Eagles played more defenses ranked in the bottom 10 in DVOA last year than they played offenses ranked in the bottom 10 in, in, in DVOA. In other words, if you're going to inv inv invalidate Jonathan Gannon's uh, defense based on playing bad quarterbacks, then you then you have to take away Shane Steichen's stats and John and Jalen Hurts' stats last year for playing the Bears and for playing. You know, I mean, you go on down the list of bad defenses that they faced last year too. Point is, that's that's the way the NFL schedules. I always think back to Phil Martelli in 2004 when he was getting knocked for the schedule St. Joe's played, and 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 he said, "You you play the opponents that you face. You beat them." Right, the Eagles, they, they like they they did what they needed to do against bad quarterbacks. Uh, I agree, they did not have a good second half in the Super Bowl. They literally, if it, like the stats show, if they just stood there on defense, they would have had the same results <laughs> yes. against Patrick Mahomes. I, I just want to use those last three words again against Patrick Mahomes. Okay, um, the Eagles won a Super Bowl. In, two, in in February 2018, with a worse defensive performance than the than the defensive performance against Patrick Mahomes, I don't think that's true. You you're, just going, you're just going by by yards. You're not going by like per drive stuff. I'm going by points. Yeah, points and yards. Great. They had more possessions <laughs> in that game. Um, the Patriots literally did not punt in that game. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the Eagles, what they did was they forced a fumble at the end. They also, yeah, they made yeah. the game-winning play. Yeah, they, yeah. So, so, so they forced a fumble at the, at, at the end. The Chiefs forced a fumble against the Eagles. Um, well, Although, yeah, it wasn't like forced. Yeah. It was kind of dropped. They took advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of dropped. But yeah. so the, the, the difference in two one-score games then was the defense. The Eagles didn't force – Eagles didn't force a turnover, and they didn't have a sack against the uh, Chiefs. That was the difference in that game. The defense did not play well enough. Um, no doubt about it. I'm not defending that. I think Patrick Mahomes had something to do with it. Uh, but, again, like I said, the easiest thing for me to do to placate the chat, to to appease the, the audience, is to say, oh, Jonathan Gannon stinks. He should have blitzed more. He can't stop good quarterbacks. Like, I... I can join that echo chamber if I want. Okay, I am here. It's funny that well, I'm here to give my honest opinion of of what I saw, and what I saw was a defense that got to the quarterback a, a, a lot better, that stopped that that stopped teams a lot more than this year. Uh, and by the way, the Eagles fired or, or well, they demoted their they demoted a, a, they demoted Gannon's replacement after 13 games. So clearly, they thought the defensive coordinator they had last year was better than the coordinator they had this year. Um, so, yeah, uh, look, we've had this conversation. I've had this conversation. Again, I know that I'm in the minority this week, and I'm fine with that. I'm not defending Jonathan Gannon's exit. He should have notified the team um, when it was a possibility uh, because there are, are uh, you know, is, especially that late in the calendar, there are certain dynamics at play. Um, there is a way to leave a job. I feel strongly in that, right? That said, <laughs> the reputation he has as a defensive coordinator, in my view, does not align with the production that his defense has had. And I'm okay if the chat disagrees with me on that one. And if you disagree with me on that one. I don't want to go all the way down the rabbit hole. I, I really don't. I, I only th I think... Part of the problem is the lasting impression, as you talked about. Sure. The concern all along with Jonathan Gannon was that there didn't ever seem to be a plan B. There was very little adjustment to the opponent and the situation of what was going on. And that is exactly how the most important game played out, is that they just they sort of sat back and, and they played their worst game of the season. Yeah. Um, Against and the, against, against Patrick the Mahomes, yes, sure. Okay. But there were like like if you were worried that they 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 literally never beat a good quarterback with him as the defensive coordinator, and those quarterbacks all put up the best numbers of their 
like of, of their lives. We talked about oh, it after well. the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes may be the best quarterback of all time, but his best numbers in the NFL versus opponents are the two games he played against Jonathan sure. Gannon. Okay. And the fact that they just sat back in the second half and literally the Chiefs did exactly what they wanted on every single drive, touchdown, 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 finish the game. The, I will never forget the final possession that they let them just drive down the field when giving up a touchdown quickly would have been far more preferable. Yeah. I mean, they I, thought they got I, off the field on the, on, the, on the Bradbury play. There was a penalty there. I, look, I, I don't disagree with you. Now, I, I, I will push back on this idea that every quarterback had their their uh, best performance against them when literally Kirk Cousins, his second worst game of the season last year, and arguably his worst game of the season last year, okay. his his second worst game statistically. But I'm not gonna. His, I'm not gonna. His, his, I, his I don't want to make this no, whole thing back in. But I'm not gonna defense. sit here and let Kirk Cousins be the decider. Well, no, a, a, a quarterback that went 13 and four last year that had you know that, okay. that threw 20, don't give me a quarterback that threw 29 touchdowns and 4,500 yards. Who was the quarterback of a very mediocre defense? His team finished with like a plus three point differential. Like, okay. don't give me Kirk Cousins as I, an no, elite I'm, quarterback. I'm just saying this, like this idea that every quarterback feasted on them, whereas which is true. Where I, I literally just gave you an example of a quarterback who who had okay. just because just because uh, no he, he threw forty five hundred yards last year had twenty nine touchdowns look I I know you don't like his face but like uh, he he had no I, I, that's a Melvin reference by the way it's on um, his face okay what is it what's what's the Melvin thing? overall I don't know Ooh. what Melvin means so what's what's it's just a general vibe okay so you so, so we're going back to vibes you don't like his vibes um, but he his his worst game last year uh, or his second worst game occurred against the Eagles like that's that's just the long and short of it he threw three interceptions uh, he only completed fifty eight percent of his passes yeah okay. Well, there you go. The debate is settled. Kirk Cousins had a bad game against the Eagles <laughs> in week two of 2022. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Reasonable uh, people can disagree on things. Uh, that's true, Zach. Just like uh, Kirk Cousins is in your wheelhouse. Okay, yeah. Let me tell you about wheelhouse. Um, I didn't have an end to that sentence. Yeah, it's, it's, you can't get a, a, a Jonathan Gannon card at wheelhouse, which is good because it probably won't sell in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't think anyone wants that unless they're looking for uh, something to line their what's, – what's the expression? Line their trash can with or something? I don't know. But um, <laughs> wheelhouse is the go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is Cards and Community because the love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome, Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly family events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester, Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Uh, you also know about FOCO. We've been talking about FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Overall, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. Now, I will add this here, okay, uh, because we have had that discussion many times, and we don't need the... You don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to not have even this though we're in that rabbit hole. And you I will, keep no, no, I will, no, no, no. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, and this is spinning it forward. His defense sucks this year. Like they are not a good. Now we can argue whether that's by design. That's a team that's not built to win this year. Um, they beat the Cowboys, and they probably shouldn't. They, they probably weren't thrilled about that inside that building. That's a team that that kind of wanted to get probably the uh, two top five picks. Texans turned out to be better than they probably anticipated. Based, uh, but uh, based on their internal calculations when they made that trade, uh, uh, although I might be giving them credit that they made the internal calculations yeah, when yeah, they made that trade, yeah, I, think, I think you're over. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, like, like I, I think you know, to Howie's credit, when Howie makes the trade with the Saints, 
He has people in that building who are, uh, you know, who are who are running models about what they expect the Saints to be. Whether or not the Cardinals did that with the Texans, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I do doubt it. Yeah, but uh, but that's a bad defense this year that is is not being. Um, <laughs> I'll, they've also been injured. They've been very injured. Yeah. So and uh, and like they cut guys and but. I'll say this, when you ask around in a locker room and around the league about the team they face, and the one thing you hear is, man, he has to playing hard. That's usually sure. a code word for like, they stink. They stink. Exactly. They stink and they just haven't like bailed on their coach yet, basically. Uh, so. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't think that this year's Cardinals are a reflection of him as a yeah. defensive coordinator, um, but they do. They do stink. Yes. Uh, before we get further, let's uh, let's take a little time. Let's let's catch up with our boy Dane Dance, who uh, we spoke to a little bit before the show started. We're going to talk some playoff scenario stuff and also a little bit of uh, of this matchup and what's going on with the Eagles. You might be surprised to find out whose side Dane is on, at least temporarily. All right, back on the PHLY Eagles podcast. It's the last show of the week. You know what that means? We got to check in with our boy. The professor, Dane is. First of all, uh, you look great. How are you? Happy holidays. Will you be there on Sunday? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'll be there Sunday. This is just a, uh, you know, it was a short week between the Monday and Sunday home games. And so I decided to uh, um, sneak down to Maryland to um, to drop in on some of the family the family time. Well, we hope you enjoy that time. We will not take too much of your time. Uh, but the people do want to know, first and foremost, playoff scenarios wise for the Eagles in this game. We know where they stand in the overall NFC standings, but uh, right. what are the things that we should be watching, not just for the Eagles, but around the league this weekend? Yeah, so, I mean, just real simple. I mean, the Eagles situation is is pretty simple. They lose all tiebreakers to to Dallas, right? So the, the NFC East type, uh, magic number is, is two. The Eagles have to finish with a better record. Obviously lose the two-way tiebreaker to San Francisco. Lose the 13 and four two-way tiebreaker to Detroit, which means need the Lions to lose a game. Uh, Saturday night would be an opportunity for that. Um, now, if the Eagles and Lions each lose a game and finish tied, and the Eagles still win the division, then it goes to strength of victory. If you're interested in that, check my Twitter. Okay, this is not good podcasting. Uh, it is very complicated and not clear. Like who would who would win that? Though the Eagles probably would. So let me just give you a quick rooting guide for the for the weekend. So starting Saturday night. Uh, Detroit at Dallas. Um, now, the best result there would actually be a tie, right? Because okay. with a tie, that would allow the Eagles to clinch the division on Sunday. It would also let them control the two seed over Detroit. So both things could happen, but that game would have to end in a tie. There hasn't been, an, a, been a tie in the NFL um, since no, week one of last year. No better year. time than Saturday night. Oh, yeah, it would be awesome. That would be such an incredible... I mean, the Eagles will, will win the Super Bowl if that game ends in a tie. I well, mean, listen, like this, would, is, this is like you were the, you were uh, way out in front of the, uh, the, the Week 18 game from a couple of years ago that the, you know, the, the Herbert Raiders game. We're like, this game, like, this is, the, the tie is very much on the table here. So maybe, exactly. maybe you getting out front is a chance that this will happen. Absolutely, yeah. Now, in that situation, a tie was good for both of the teams playing in the game. In this situation, it would not be good for either of the teams playing in the game. So um, it was a little different, but in terms of incentives of the teams. But yes, uh, that would be that would be awesome. Now, the second best thing to happen in the game is for uh, Detroit to lose the game, right? Because the Eagles don't need Dallas to lose a game, uh, but do need do, do need Detroit. Now, moving to Sunday, 1 o'clock, San Francisco at Washington. Obviously, we'd like San Francisco to lose that game. Eagles still need the 49ers to lose another game to pass them in the standings. And then that at quarterback might, might make a little bit of a difference. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, now, the thing is, they probably won't lose that game, right? Which means that the Eagles would then need them to lose to the Rams the following week. Now, the problem with Week 18, as we all know, is that some teams rest players and or don't have anything to play for. And the problem is, if the Rams win and Seattle loses, the Rams will get in the playoffs. They will clinch the playoffs this weekend, which means that they would almost surely rest players uh, the following weekend in San Francisco. They would know they have a playoff game the next week, and the only thing they could be playing for is whether they're the six or seven seed. I don't think they'll care enough about that to play their guys in, in San Francisco. Not that they're likely to win that game anyway, but the, so what we have to root for here is we need, we need one of those things not to happen. So rooting for the Giants against the Rams and rooting for Seattle against Pittsburgh, if one of those things happen, the Rams will have something to play for in week 18. 
And then the other piece of that is if Detroit doesn't lose, uh, we would need them to lose to Minnesota. And Minnesota will be eliminated if they lose and the Rams win and Seattle wins. And so it would be nice if Minnesota wins on Sunday night against Green Bay, that's Sunday night football, so that they stay alive. So it's actually really easy. It's just root for all the home teams. Dallas, Washington, Giants, Seattle, Minnesota. All of them are at home. If you're not sure who to root for in a game, and the Eagles are at home as well, if you're not sure who to root for, just root for the home team. If all the home teams win this weekend, that would be ideal. Uh, for the for the Eagles. And for those of you who are hoping, I've seen a lot of this on Twitter, hopefully the Eagles can rest their starters and not put them out on the field at, at MetLife, um, you know, lock into a seed. It, that's just mathematically impossible. Like it, it can't happen, right? Because if the Eagles win, they'll still be alive for the one seed and the two seed, which means there will be something to play for. If they lose, they'll still be alive for the division. <laughs> like you know, the division will still be there to play for, um, and the two seed will be will be there to play for as well. An Eagles loss and a 49ers win will eliminate them from the one seed, but it's essentially impossible for them to be eliminated from the two seed. Like like nine different things, like literally nine different things would have to happen in order for the Eagles to be eliminated from uh, from the two seed. And and you know you can check my Twitter for what those nine things are. Let's say though the Eagles lose the Cowboys win, and then the Cowboys have at Washington Week 18. You could, I mean, you could decide to rest. Your, you're not going to. But you're probably not going to, yeah. They would put those games at the same time, like that's what they've done in the past. Yeah. And we can we can have a whole episode on on Week 18 scheduling. Um, but the they, wouldn't, existence. they wouldn't make one of those. They wouldn't put they wouldn't put Dallas first in that situation. There's some situ there's some scenario where they could put the Eagles first, but it's unlikely. Um, but they would never put Dallas first and make the Eagles game dead on arrival right. there. So I just don't think uh, like yeah, there's no way you're going to rest your guys if the division is even a possibility. So quick, a quick Week 18 question because there is some intrigue about what time slot the Eagles would fall. You expect no matter what, the Eagles to play at the same time as Dallas. Is that fair to say? Well, not if the division is clinched already. Sure. Okay. But otherwise, yeah. okay. So so what are you expecting schedule-wise week 18? I, I know it's results dependent. Yeah. I mean, I think if the if it's it, like... There's some concern in the building that the Eagles maybe move to Saturday. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's unlikely. The Saturday okay. games, the, like, uh, if the division is clinched... And the Eagles are playing with the hope that San Francisco loses for the one seed. There's like a world in which they could put the Eagles on Saturday because San Francisco wouldn't have played yet. And so that game, you know what I mean? Like there's some world in which that happens. But this is a relatively low Eagles on Saturday likelihood season compared to compared to past seasons. Like like there were there were. I, I was suspecting they'd move the Eagles to Saturday, like the year that they that they did. Um, I don't. I don't think that'll happen this time. All right. Uh, last thing, Dana, is let's just get your sort of your temperature on on what's going on with the team after the uh, the win over the Giants. You, you said you have some uh, some scores you'd like to settle. Yeah, I just think the reaction to the game by you and Devon on the post game and every other post game thing I saw was was quite overblown. I mean, I'm glad Coach Flynn was on yesterday um, and and kind of you know spoke a little bit more reasonably about it. Um, usually, Bo, when you and Zach disagree on something, um, just, I mean, I think our audience knows this. Uh, I usually agree with, with you. I mean, and, and that's, it's because you're right and Zach's wrong usually. And that's, that's, that's like, you know, the way that, 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 that goes. True. I think this week, I mean, Zach, thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Uh, the reaction to that game specifically, I mean, um, the success rate difference between the two teams was the biggest in the entire league. Like that, that's a that's a good metric to tell, like if one team dominated the other or not. Um, success rate the worst was, team in the league, Dane is. Yeah, but uh, fine. But like, and the Eagles therefore should dominate them and did outside of three plays. Like exactly the thing that should have happened happened. The Eagles' offense is being criticized after this game. They scored thirty three points on ten drives. Do you know how many times they did that last year? Three point three points per drive. How many times did they do that last year? Twice. 2022. Three times the entire season that happened. So this would have been the fourth best offensive performance of last year. By mm -hmm. the way, that was the fourth time it happened uh, this year. So the defense played great. Well, they gave up a field goal and one play in the in the game. And even the special teams like had a great punt return. I mean, like each of those units had one disastrous play. And I think if in, in the context of if this team was still on the win streak, everyone would have been like, oh, those were two fluky plays, which, which that they still were two fluky plays. Like I, I think I think the reaction was was really overblown. And 
here, I'm going to quote you, Bo. I actually wrote down what you said. You said, <laughs> I don't have any faith that the team as a whole is ready to win three games in a row against good competition. You're saying this about the only team in the league that has literally won three games in a row against top 10 DVOA teams this year. They're, they're one of two teams in the entire league that have beaten four of those top 10 teams. And I, I just don't understand like what the team would have had to do during the season for you to think that they could turn it on and win a couple of games in a row against against good teams. But I think that I, I don't we don't need to get into a whole thing. I think you are also overlooking everything that seems to be going on in the building. See, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not overlooking that. I'm deeply concerned by all those things. I've obvi- I obviously follow them all. I'm trying to voice the other side here because I think that those voices have been muted and, and, and all the people who are talking about the vibes and everything are, are kind of shouting them down. Almost as loudly as the crowd shouts down the offense when they're trying to run a play uh, in the stadium. <laughs> that's a whole other problem. Um, look, that's okay. As an Eagles fan, I'm very relieved by this. The Eagles have never won the Super Bowl when Bo Wolf didn't declare them to not be a serious contender after a win in December. So um, it's totally, it's totally, totally fine. That's well, that's, fine. that is true. That is well said. Uh, and Zach all of a sudden can puff his chest out for uh, agreeing with you uh, for once, which means that I will not bother you with a Jonathan Gannon question. We know where you stand there. I don't want you two to, to ruin this uh, temporary alliance that you have. Yeah, well, well, look. I mean, look. I'm gonna, I'm gonna link this. I'm gonna link this again, and because I think this, this actually um, does matter. Like, you keep saying this team doesn't get last year's team's equity. That you dismiss that this team will play well in the playoffs because last year's team did. But you're being unfair. I think you're not. You're, you're not giving this team last year's team's equity, right? But you're saddling them with last year's team's expectations, right? So, mm-hmm. so if we do like a quick thought experiment, say last year never happened. This is 2022. I agree. So with last this. year. With a playoff loss in Tampa, offseason discussion of acquiring Deshaun Watson and all that nonsense. And then this year happens. Jalen Hurts leads them to a 10 and 1 start, beating Miami, Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, almost all in a row. And he's the MVP front runner. Would there be talk of how miserable this team is and all that kind of stuff then? Like, I don't think last year is causing this year's team to, um, you know, like get too much credit. I think it's the opposite. I think this year's team isn't getting credit because of what happened last year. I think that is all true, but. The problem is, again, you cannot divorce the like behavioral ramifications of that stuff from what is going on with the people in the building. They have they have they are saddling themselves with those expectations. And I think that that is a, a factor in, in what is going on because they fired the, the D.C. Is that the reason for that? And because they're they're chirping back and forth in the middle of the game. I don't know. I, I uh, you know, I, mean, I, the, I am the, not the, saying this just just based on my own eyes. Look, I know, I know, and you guys know more than I do about what's going on in the building. And I'd love to, you know, when I'm back in the studio next week, I'd love to hear more about it. And, and maybe we can have a longer discussion then. But like the defense was broken, right? Like it wasn't playing well. And how about this? Okay, I haven't heard anyone say this, but how about this? If this team had fired the defensive coordinator, and this was the link to get in here. If this team had fired the defense coordinator in last, last December and let Vic Fangio start calling the defense, it would have seemed like a panic move and it would have ended with a parade. It would have ended with the parade. I think, I think like this team realized like this defense is broken. It's not going to work. We just gave up 10 straight touchdown drives or whatever it was uh, in two big games. And something has to change. Like the players aren't reacting to whatever the calls are or whatever it is. Like something had to change. So I think that like you see it as a sign that things are broken in the building. But is it a wild stretch to see it as a healthy reaction to things being broken on the field? Not healthy in terms of PR and the way they did it and all that, obviously. Like, it wasn't seriously done. But, I mean, I just think that, you know, the guy right now who's in Arizona, right, um, was clearly going to be a problem against good teams in the playoffs, and he was. And maybe this year they're 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 preempting that. Fair enough. Look, I, I'm a fan. I'm seeing things with, with, a, with an optimistic uh, view of things. But I, I just think that, like, I don't think this team should be – held to the standard of like the like the platonic form of a historically juggernaut team like like look at any other team in the league they all have problems too and this team only has to beat those teams so i i just don't i just don't see like the team that's won more games than any other team in the league like <laughs> over the course of the last two years and more more games than every other team this year other than one i don't understand why the standard has to be this high like i know they put it upon themselves to some degree um, Jalen's been trying to change that, by the way. He went from the standard is the standard to winning is all that matters. Um, but I guess it's not working. All right. 
Well, I think, yeah, I think it is an internal struggle for Jalen, but uh, just like it is for all of us. The professor, Dennis Selman, thank you so much. We will talk to you. We'll talk to you in the new year. I'm going to give you a, a, a quick preview of Sunday with seven statistics. You guys ready? Arizona <laughs> Cardinals defense, 32nd in DVOA, 32nd in EPA per play, 32nd in success rate, 32nd in series <laughs> conversion rate, 32nd in points per drive, 32nd in touchdowns per drive, 32nd in yards per drive. I mean, they probably should have hired a defensive head coach, but what can you do? I think it's happening by design, to be honest with you, uh, number one. And, and, and number two, uh, what about number three in DVOA and 70 sacks? Did that, did that occur as well? I'm curious. Against, uh, what is it, Jake Fromm and uh, who's the other guy? The, Which side of the uh, ball played more teams uh, ranked in the, in the bottom 10 in DVOA, the offense or the defense last year? I think, you know, look, Jonathan no, no, Gannon. No, I, I'm not, asking a serious question here because Shane Steichen and Jalen Hurts don't get I'm any, um, like, like the, the standard that's held to Jonathan Gannon while he beat bad quarterbacks, the standard's not held to the offense for beating bad defenses. Exactly. It, the, there, was enough of a, there was enough of a sample size from Gannon playing against good quarterbacks from the year before that we were all confident of what would happen in the Super Bowl. And, and I'll, I'll, I plan on retweeting some of my uh, post-Super Bowl uh, things uh, in, in the next couple of days. Um, it was a historically bad performance. It was pointing this out as well. And I just think it's important to um, remember remember that. And also, Jonathan Gannon is the head coach. He's not the defense coordinator, so it's it's not fair to only um, you know he should get credit for the offense as well. That offense is twenty sixth in DVOA, so so good job there. All right, you know what? You guys had such a nice little like five minutes of being on the same side, and all of a sudden we had to we had to break it down. All right, uh, thank you, Dennis. We'll talk to you uh, talk to you next week in the new year. Good luck uh, to you on Sunday, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Happy New Year. Looking forward Happy to seeing you. Fireworks at the end, just like there will be fireworks at Lincoln Financial Field. If the Eagles score a touchdown against Jonathan Gannon's 32nd-ranked defense, you can watch those fireworks on New Year's Eve yourself by buying a ticket on Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets make great holiday gifts if you're still looking for something. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. And before you uh, go to the game, or even after you, you, you go to the game, make sure you get... The best bagels in Philly. Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly. What a combination. These are huge bagels, and there's a large variety. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm talking about Bagels & Co. These are huge bagels, the, a large variety with 15 to 20 different types to choose from. Daily with seasonal bagels. They had a Christmas-flavored uh, bagel. They have the largest cream cheese variety, 30 different flavors of cream cheese and smears. Uh, and schmears, rather, not schmears, schmears. Uh, for instance, they had an Eagles cream cheese, and they'll have a Sixers cream cheese as well. Uh, they are an affordable bagel shop. You you can get a lot of good food at a good price. In today's inflationary world, that's the key. And, uh, and there are, there's a mom-and-pop feel, but they cater to the everyday individual. A lot of their customers are regular customers. They walk in, and they know what they want because they go there. Frequently for the best Brooklyn style bagels made right here in Philly, head to the bagelsandco.com slash store locator. There's a hyphen in between store locator to find the closest bagels and co near you. All right, Zach, let's talk a little Cardinals. Uh, as Dana said, they are uh, 26th in yeah. offensive DVOA, 32nd in defensive DVOA, 29th overall, 7th on special teams. 
Uh, they have been a little bit better with Kyler Murray in the past six games than they were in the nine games without him. Two and four with Kyler, one and eight without him. On offense, uh, the one place that they have really improved is is in the rushing game, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, we understand the the gravity that a running quarterback has on the running game. They went from 13th in EPA per rush to third in EPA per rush. In uh, general, as an offense, they've gone from 28th in points per drive to 14th in points per drive with Kyler, 27th in EPA per drive to 17th in EPA per drive. They're still bottom quarter of the league in success rate, so they they, they have the potential for some big plays, which we sort of know from uh, watching them last year. But there's no doubt that this is uh, just talent-wise, a team that is coming into Philadelphia as a very heavy underdog, and the defense has been bad all season long and is injured. And so... Uh, another opportunity where it seems like the Eagles should be able to move the ball and put up points on offense. Yeah. I mean, just an embarrassing roster, if I'm being honest with you. Um, it's it's not even a, a roster where you look at it and you say, oh, they have a lot of these young building blocks, right? I mean, there's... It's a terrible team. Yeah, and, terrible roster. And there's some positions where they're playing like old guys, right? And, and I understand they moved on from Zach Ertz for that reason. You talk Whatever about happened off- to Zach Ertz? I guess no one wanted to sign him or he didn't find the opportunity that he was looking for. I mean, is he still waiting? Does he want to play in the playoffs? Like, it's, yeah, my understanding is that's the case. Um, I, I do want to ask you about Kyler Murray. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kyler Murray's a quarterback who in the past I've liked. Uh, he can play well, as a former number one overall pick. <laughs> he's, he moves well, obviously. Uh, he has a great arm and he's, he's been a part of, of, some really good teams in this league. But if you're if you're Gannon, if you're Monty Austinfort, um and you know you're and you're not uh violating the rules, you know, <laughs> you're actually building a roster right. here. Um where do you stand on, on okay, you move on. I'm moving on. So you have a top five pick this year. If I can get if I can get one you, of those top two guys for sure. Yeah, Williams or, or I'm, I am moving yeah. on. I, I think Kyler Murray is uh, just good enough to get you fired. I think he's... Mm. Uh, Ask Cliff Kingsbury. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think you're winning because of Kyler Murray. Okay. I think you can win with Kyler Murray. I think he's probably in that like 8 to 15 range. Um, but if I had a realistic opportunity to get somebody better, I would take it. Yeah. Especially assuming I can get some kind of value back for him. Sure. How about you? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I have, if I have the number two pick... And let's say, let's say Caleb Williams goes one to Chicago. I mean, if neither one goes number one, I anticipate a quarterback goes one. But if neither one goes one, yeah, definitely. If you like Drake May, I I would too. Uh, I would I would reset the clock. I would take you know kind of the cap hit now in, in in trading him. I do wonder what Murray's value is. I imagine if you're a team that's not gonna draft a top quarterback, if you're a team like Vegas, okay. I'd, I'd be interested in, in, in trying to rebuild Murray's career. Would you rather have Murray or Justin Fields? Ooh. I'd rather have Justin Fields because I haven't paid him yet. Okay. Yeah, but if you but trade you for him now, you're yeah. going to pay him. I probably feel, let's say you got to get you you, yeah. you probably have to give up more for Fields, right? Yeah. At this point, I'd I'd I'd, I'd probably go Murray. He's still young, youngish. Uh, he's led a team to the playoffs. I mean, he's he's proven he can win games. You have to be satisfied with the health. He's only twenty six. Uh, Murray, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would I would probably go Murray if I was a team like Vegas. That's the, that's the direction I would look this off season. Uh, but when I, I I look at this Cardinals roster, I have their depth chart in in, in front of me here, and just just such an oddly constructed roster. You know, they traded a first round pick for Hollywood Brown, who is. I liked Hollywood Brown when he was with the Ravens and he has that college experience with, with Murray, but he's like, I mean, in terms of like a, the physical threat, very comparable to Rondell Moore, right. Who they had spent a second round pick on. Um, you know, they, they're playing James Conner quite a bit. He's just, he's this veteran running back. Don't quite understand what they're what they're doing there. I liked, we both like I mean, if, Paris, if at any position you're yeah, not worried about, yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah. fine. We both like Paris Johnson coming out of the draft. Yep. Maybe slightly overdrafted, but if you believe in the guy, it's, there's no such thing as overdrafted. Uh, Will Hernandez, big guard, huh? <laughs> Who said that? Jonathan Gannon. Is what he says. He yeah. says, he says big in that guard. introductory video, big guard, right? 
<laughs> Didn't realize that. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Can't really defend that. Pew, Can't. pew, shots, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't defend that, um, but yeah, just I I if so if I were the Eagles, I wouldn't. There be, is an Eagles beat reporter who does a better impression. If if I were the Eagles, I wouldn't be worried about uh, this Cardinals offense. If you're looking for any reason to be concerned with this game, and don't shudder when I say this, don't 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 laugh when I say this. This is a bad defense, okay? But Gannon does know Jalen Hurts well, okay, and does know this Eagles offense. Well, it's the same personnel as when he was here, basically. Uh, if you believe there are certain tendencies that... Well, the whole league knows about their tendencies. Or if 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 you believe Hertz is, is vulnerable against a certain style of, of play, in theory, Gannon can make things more difficult for Hertz. Frankly, I don't think he has the personnel to do it when I was... Yeah, at, I, I think the thing to be worried yeah. about this in this game is if Kyler Murray just has it. As a crazy game. Like, the Eagles have okay. not played a real running quarterback. Like, DeVito was the first guy who posed any kind of threat of their schedule this season. So, we haven't seen how they react mm-hmm. to that. Their linebackers are terrible. Sure. So, now Murray I, I think that really is a much ran. bigger concern than... Yeah, Murray hasn't has not run the ball some special as, game plan for as effectively this year or as much this year, which is odd because I do remember going into Arizona last year, and that was a storyline too. Why isn't Murray running the ball as as much? There's more of an excuse for it this year coming off the ACL. Um, and, and just finishing up on on their offense, the player's name that came up quite a bit when people were talking about this team uh, is Trey McBride, second-round pick, tight end from last season. I like a McBride. They, they let... Uh, Zach Ertz go and been part because McBride became their guy. So that's going to be a big matchup for this game. And if you're concerned, obviously, about the Eagles' ability to cover tight ends, and they've done that decently this year, but if if if, if you're concerned about the Eagles' ability to cover tight ends, McBride can pose a, a threat. When looking at the Cardinals on defense, so so you don't put any merit to that that Gannon can he can in theory know how how to, how to make Hertz's life difficult. Yeah, because I, the book is already out. Sure, it's not. I don't know that there's too much that he would know that other defenses don't already know. Fair point. Yeah, and and I also, I mean, it's not his not scheme. to get in. Yeah, it's not his scheme, but he's also. It's not like he's Wink Martindale. Sure, right? like yeah, he's, not he's very much pressure. like a lineup and play guy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so I am. Uh, I am curious to see what what that dynamics like there. But uh, I was wrong last week about. Uh, the Eagles pass rush. I said it was a get right game for them. It was a get right game for the offense outside of that pick six, right? They, they moved the ball decently. This is even more pronounced. This, this Cardinals roster from where I stand is the worst roster in the league. I think it's worse than the Panthers roster. Uh, and the Panthers have the worst record in, in the league, but this is a game where the Eagles should be able to move the ball effectively. And they should be able to stop the, what the Cardinals are doing as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm open to that argument, like one to fifty-three. But they do have a real quarterback, which fair enough. Like the Giants, the did Giants not. did not last week. So Until, well, I, I think there is there yeah. is there there could be times when this game feels more on the precipice than than it should. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, all right, let's get to Goose Wisely, Zach. Uh, entering last week, I was up eight to five, and you uh, continue to rally. There is a non-kickoff play run from the twenty-five yard line. You hit that. I did not get the Giants punt at least six times. They punted four times. You had DeVito rushes for more yards than Hurts. That did not happen. I had City Brown place a higher percentage of defensive snaps than Dallas Goddard has receiving yards. Goddard was in the 70s. Sidney Brown played about 45% of the snaps. Didn't happen. You had Zacchaeus as a catch. Didn't happen. I had Devontae had over 100 or two touchdowns. Didn't happen. I whiffed on Josh Sweat has a sack. You whiffed on Julio Jones has over 10 yards receiving. Uh, the Santa Claus thing, I didn't hear it, but some people mentioned it, so we'll, yeah. we'll give it to you anyway. Uh, shot, there was a shot of either DeVito's parents or his agent wearing a Santa hat. Didn't happen. Bosco scores a touchdown. Didn't happen. Saquon has the most total yards from scrimmage uh, of any player in the game. Didn't happen. And then we both hit on both of our golden gooses. You had the Eagles throw a pass on third down in the red zone. That was the crazy uh, dropped snap. Hurts throws it to Grand Calcaterra play. I had the Eagles score on a possession that starts with under one minute left in either the first or second half. Thank you to the Giants for their uh, delay of game for that one. And then I had the Eagles win and the Cowboys lose. You had the Eagles win and the 49ers lose. So it's eight to six. You're down two with two to go in the regular season. Would you like to go first this week? Sure. I, I, I'd be happy to go first. And 
this this comeback is mounting. Looking forward to seeing if I can continue it. First one up for me. Jalen Hurts has more rushing yards than Kyler Murray, or J- or Jalen Hurts has his most passing yards of the season against this uh, Jonathan Gannon slash Cardinals secondary. And what's his uh, season high for passing yards? His season high for passing yards this season is 319 yards. That's it. Yes, that's 319. it. 319. 319. That surprises me that it's that it's not higher. He did it twice at Washington. And, well, he did it both Washington games. He finished with 319. Oh, interesting. Uh, I mean, this I, 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 in my mind, I feel like the passing yards one is more likely, but uh, I can't, I can't justify taking a 50-50 over a one over mm. 17. So I like that. Professor Selman uh, will be proud of you give on me, that. Give me Hertz has more rushing yards than Kyler Murray. Uh, over Murray, you've got Hertz passing yards high. Okay. I'm up next. And I have for you, as I pull it up, uh, Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts combine for more rushing yards than DeAndre Swift and James Conner. Or Grant Calcaterra has a catch. I'm going with uh, uh, Calcaterra has a catch. Calcaterra's on the come. <laughs> they got him involved in the offense a little bit more last week. And I mean, literally his first two targets of the season. Yes. So, yes, a little bit more. <laughs> I mean... That is that's, quite literally, yes, yeah, a little like bit more. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I mean, uh, like any eye contact from Jalen Hurts yeah. would be more involved yeah. in the offense. <laughs> and I actually uh, think the running backs have a better game here than the quarterbacks. So I like my odds more of Calcaterra hitting. Okay. Uh, Over to you. The next one for you is the Cardinals have more sacks than the Eagles or the Cardinals win the turnover differential. Hmm. Now the Cardinals do have my man Dennis Gardeck. You are we've always been a Gardeck. I've Gardeck always guy. been on the on the Gardeck Island. Yes. Forty three. Like an early uh inhib- uh inhabitant on, on Gardeck Island. Um Yeah, I'm gonna say uh the Cardinals have more sacks is is gonna be more likely than the Cardinals win the turnover differential, even though the Eagles have been giving the ball away so much. Hmm. Where would you have gone? You would, you would have gone the turnovers? Uh, I would have gone more sacks. I think it's more likely to happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but the Eagles haven't been a good team in terms of taking the ball away this year either. That and, is true. And, uh, and, and just when you look at the turnover differential, that's, that's a spot where if this is going to – Sure. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think the Eagles need to fix this, but that's the spot where they really need to improve down the stretch. And a matter of fact – Cardinals are minus one this year. Eagles are minus seven this year. Mm. So Cardinals are, are better in that area. All right. For you, Zach, I have Avante Maddox is involved in a turnover or Greg Dortch scores a touchdown. Go Deeks. Go Deeks. Huh? Uh, I'm going Avante Maddox is involved in a turnover. Avante seems to be around the ball quite a bit when he's on the field. Uh, both Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni are wrong about the idea that you just force turnovers because you coach them better. I don't believe in that. I think that's that's a that was a stretch. That was wrong mm. when Gannon said it, and it's wrong as like like Sirianni. I, re- I remember was almost appalled at this at the so suggestion. Gannon, yeah, yeah, uh, that that there's luck involved in this, but clearly that the Eagles aren't coaching it as well this year because they're not taking the ball away. But part of that might be because Avante Maddox has not been on the field, and he's someone who's a disruptor who's around the ball. I'm going Avante Maddox. Okay, would you have gone? I would have taken Dorch. You have gone Dorch. Yeah. Okay. Next one for you. DeAndre Swift has the most total yards in the game, or both Eagles wide receivers top 100 yards. Mm. This is tough because if Swift's having a good game, you might want to like lean off of him because he had 20 carries or whatever it was last week. You know, do you want to overwork him? Both guys top at 100 has only happened once this season, once I think. Is- um, but you know, if they want to throw, uh, I'm going to go with the receivers. Hmm. Actually, I would have gone swift, especially because if, if swift busts one long run out, then that, right. that, that shifts that. But okay. And as I said earlier, swift is on the verge. I think he needs 12 yards. They reach 1000 this season. Yes. All right, Zach, for you, I have a, uh, a classic, uh, nothing to do with the matchup. There's a punt to touchback in this game, or there is a fake sneak employed. 
Interesting. I'm going punt touchback. I think better odds of that. I think probably so. But you do wonder if Gannon has uh, has some ideas for how to yeah. defend the tush push. I'd like to see them bust out a fake sneak. doesn't have to be the Eagles. True. I don't know how, how, how much they're, they're sneaking with, uh, with Kyler Murray's knee. Mm-hmm. That's why all the more reason to fake it. Sure. Okay, over to you. Last one for you is the Eagles clinch the NFC East. Which requires a win and a Cowboys loss or yes. tie. Or the Eagles cannot get the number two seed at the end of the day. Which would mean a loss. Which would mean a loss. Okay. And a, and a Lions win, right? Yes. Okay. Or, yeah, but it requires a loss. Requires yeah, I think it's, I'm going to take the first one because I think it's more, I, think, I don't think the Eagles are going to lose yeah. this game. So, uh, Eagles clinch the NFCs for me. And I imagine that's your golden goose? Uh, I think that will be my golden goose, okay. yes. Cannot get number two. Uh, for you, your final one is the Eagles have no turnovers in this game or Josh Sweat has a sack. Yeah, boy. So Josh Sweat's going up against DJ Humphreys. No Eagles turnovers. Uh, one of the few players in the NFL who has the word hump in his name. Who are the others? Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> uh, it might, it might only be him. That's Bo. That's, that's Boalytics right there. Mm. I had not heard that. DJ one. Hump would be an interesting uh, I'm going, person to go watch. I'm going with Josh Sweat Sack because I feel like he's due at some point here. And I feel as if the Eagles, oh, oh, although I went with the Avante Maddox turnover one. Oh, oh, oh no, no, this, this is, is, this the, is uh, the offense, turning the ball the over. Offense, yeah, yeah the Eagles have, have been sloppy with the ball. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Josh Sweat Sack. Do you know which uh, golden goose you'd like to make? Can you just run the sure, ones that the Eagles, I have uh, Jalen Hurts outrushes Kyler Murray and against your Jalen Hurts has a, a season high in passing yards. You have Kakatera catch. I have the quarterbacks outrun the running backs, but just the top two running backs. I have uh, the Cardinals have more sacks than the Eagles. You have the Cardinals win the turnover battle. You have uh, Avante Maddox is involved in a turnover. I have a Greg Dorch touchdown. I have both receivers top 100. You have... DeAndre Swift tops uh, the game in yards from scrimmage. You have punt touchback. I have fake sneak. I have Eagles clinch uh, the division. You have the camp in the two seed. You have sweat sack. I have no Eagles turnovers. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with sweat sack as my golden goose. Okay. There you go. All right, Zach. Time to get prediction to our predictions. Time. Crystal ball eagle time. Yeah. What so, do you think? Hold on. Let's. What's the line? <laughs> 11, I believe. 11, and what's the over-under? With 48, I could be wrong. Let me see here. Over-under is 48 and a half. Okay. So you're going to go 30 to 19? I'm not, actually. Um, <laughs> close to the total score. But look, and a slight, I don't want to be an apology. I don't want to say an apology. I did not expect the first segment to be as animated in terms of Began in defending. Uh, I feel like you came in here ready. That this was your goal today. It, it, it actually was not. But then once I was rolling, you came armed with the with it, the like the top ten. Uh, yes, opponents from last year. It felt like this was your agenda. No, it was not. No, it was not. I I was looking to put a story together. Okay. And and then when we talked about the lack of sleep, it kind of or the sleeping schedule, it, it went into that. Uh, but I I certainly hope it was entertaining. And it's good, yeah. I do think it's it's relevant for this week because they are playing the Cardinals, sure. right? It's it's not as if we just picked a random week to have a Jonathan Gannon discussion, which admittedly we've which done has happened before, yeah. Yeah. which has happened yeah. before. Uh, I preface that as a way of saying I expect the Eagles to blow the Cardinals out this week. The Cardinals are not a good team. I don't want to say they're a poorly coached team because I don't think they have the personnel to really evaluate that. And they do have some, they do have more wins than I expected this year. I mean, I thought this was a team that could finish with one or two wins based on their roster. Now, like you said, they do have a competent starting quarterback, a quarterback that I like and getting him back. I, I, there was a period of time where I didn't think he was going to play this year. I thought they were just going to keep him on ice. Right. And, and so the fact that he's back might change the equation a bit. Um, That said, I think the Eagles win this game convincingly. I saw some positive signs last week. Uh, the Eagles should put away bad teams. This is a bad team. I think the 48 and a half is a decent number, but uh, I Creed think... Creed Humphrey, thank you to the chat. 
Okay, there you go. Marlon Humphrey, too. Marlon Humphreys, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. But I think that the 11 points is not giving the Eagles enough. Uh, I think this could be like a two-touchdown point spread, and it wouldn't be enough. I expect the Eagles' offense to move the ball quite effectively. I think that the defense is not threatened too much this week. I think they can get some pressure uh, up front, although I thought that last week. And but, but, but Kyler Murray does tend to hold the ball a bit. So I'm going with an Eagles 30-35, Cardinals 13. Wow. This, is, uh, this has got to be your biggest uh, difference from the spread of the season. Yeah, definitely. This is the one time when I'm, you know, disagreeing with Vegas. I told the story that uh, I'm driving to Atlantic City with my grandfather when I'm younger, and we see we're on the AC, we're on the AC Expressway, and we see the uh, the casinos on the left hand side, and he and he says they don't build those because people win. Yes, right, and it's and it's true. But this is the one where I'm disagreeing with with Vegas. I really like the Eagles uh, in this game. Okay. Um. I will take the other side. I uh, I think this is going to be another game. I, and I do, relative to last week, entering last week's game, I can see the blowout. Hmm. But I've, there's just, uh, I think there's too much going on right now. And I, I, think, I, think, um, I think the Cardinals offense is going to be able to move the ball in the Eagles defense. I just don't think the Eagles defense is, is, is good enough right now. Um, now they're getting guys back. Maybe Avante Maddox makes a big difference. Maybe Zach Cunningham coming back makes a big difference. I like what I've seen from their their young corners so far, but uh, if there is if there is insight that Gannon has about this matchup, I, I sort of think it will come into play more on that side of the ball where they where they have some talent. So I'm going to say uh, the Eagles win this game comfortably, but not uh, not beating the spread. They're going to win this game thirty to twenty one. Okay, I like that. I can see that. Now, what type of crowd are you anticipating i think it's gonna be ugly for your boy <laughs> don't say my boy here okay don't say my boy but uh yeah i think a, we have be, a whole episode's worth of i think it's gonna be ugly for him too Ooh. i think it's gonna be ugly i think i think when he runs out i think there's gonna be cheers and chant like 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 chant like um group cheers i think it's just Afghan gonna be straight and booze and that kind of thing no but i i, I think that that they're, there's going to be Gannon incorporated in some of these uh, chants. I heard Sirianni say on the radio yesterday that he wants Gannon to not want to come back to Philadelphia again. <laughs> I think the crowd will easily comply. I think that that's the easiest thing that Sirianni's probably said for his uh, approval rating this year. Probably so. Well, we look forward to uh, recapping it all. We will have the kickoff show on Sunday at 12.30. Finally, a 1 o'clock game. Finally, a 1 o'clock game. Jamie Lynch back in the house at, uh, at the studios here at PHLY. And then we will have the post-game show with Zach checking in from the link. Looking forward to all of that. Bringing in the new year with the Sickos. So thanks to everybody for joining us all week. Thanks to Coach Flynn. Thanks to Dane Iz. Thanks to Devon for uh, all the help this week. We will talk to Fletcher Cox, who joined us this week. Thanks to uh, Julia for putting it all together and everybody else here at PHLY. Thank you to the Sickos. We will talk to you on Sunday. And as always, we love you. We all city like the mayor. 